Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. After last week's break from our current sermon series, God's Church, My Family, today Christian Panda will continue this series by looking into Hebrews 10 to teach us about how God calls his family, the church, to action. During this teaching, we will cover the topics of remembering who we are, to take closer steps to Jesus, to hold to the confession of our hope, and to provoke believers to love. And if God calls us to action, will you follow? So right now, as we're going through um, a sermon series, God's Family, My Church, um, it's a longer series, um, and it's been going on for a few weeks, and uh, today Christian is continuing. And if you have missed one of the sermons, you can uh, listen uh, to them again online. So if you have missed one, um, just go to the link and listen to it again. Um, and I'm happy today that you'll continue. Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> In the past, we were challenged, uh, if you remember, when we read the passage in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, to look closely to Jesus, to consider Him, to honor Him as the builder of the house of God, to observe, observe His faithfulness and, his, uh, and even to confess that we are His family. We were challenged, and uh, that was interesting. But now, in chapter 10, um, uh, we have another, uh, another challenge. It's a call to action. The family of God is called to act, to do something. Well, um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter 10, but I'm going to read the verses that... Uh, uh, Eva told us <laughs> that she read this week. When, <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> go, sister. <laughs> it's the passage that I will preach today. But so far in, in chapter 10, the main argument is by, used by the author is that Jesus has sacrificed his life only one time. And now because of that, we are challenged to do something on and on. So Jesus gave his life one time. Now we have the life that he gave us. And during this whole life, we are challenged to do something. And uh, this is what we are going to read from verse 19 to verse 25. Um we are reminded until verse 19 in chapter 10, we are reminded that Jesus, after he offered his life uh, for sacrifice for our sins, now he sits at the right, right hand of the Father. Well, not because he is tired, <laughs> but because he is in control. And that's why he sits. And... Um, because of that, because of this situation, we are challenged to do something. And, and now in, in verses 19 to 25, um, you will see that, that triad, faith, hope, and love, comes back. We are used with that from Paul's writings, right? But we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. But interesting enough... When you go to verse 22, you see faith. When you go to verse 23, you see hope. And then when you go to verse 24, you see love. So 
Well, I, I hope I, uh, I uh, already made you, made you uh, interested to know what is that passage about. So we are in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, and here is the mention, house of God or family of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet uh, together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see that the day drawing near, that day is that day when Jesus will come back. We, we look forward, right, for that day. So what's the uh, call to action of God's family? First of all, in verses 19 to 21, we see that we need to remember who we are. So actually, it's, more, it's not like a call to action to do something, but to remember. Um, therefore, uh, verse 19, first word, therefore, it's a conclusion. A conclusion of everything that he said, the author said in chapter 10 before, and I made a little summary here. Um, from now on, the author gives practical advices, what to do. And first of all, we are, and brothers, you see, is he talks like he's in the middle of a family. Brothers. And then he talk about, talks about the house of God, the family of God. It's evident that he is, in his mind, the author as this uh, metaphor, and more than a metaphor, it's an identity that we are the family of God. Um, so uh, we benefit uh, from the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And because of this benefit, look at here, since we have confidence, to, we have boldness, we have courage to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful uh, day to remember the blood of our Jesus Christ. Who cleansed us, right? Cleansed our conscience. And He made us new. We are born again. By the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain. That is, through His flesh. Uh, we have courage. We have boldness. We have confidence to enter in the holy places. I don't know when, if, if when I read, when I say it now, if you realize that this is plural. Holy places, not the holy place. What holy places the author had in mind? Well, it's easy. The tabernacle had two rooms. The holy place and the most holy place. And that's why plural, because we can enter not only in the 
holy place, but also in the most holy place. Now, who entered in the tabernacle in the holy place uh, in the time of Israel? Only the priests. If I would not be a priest, I'm not welcome. Actually, nobody. If, if, if you go there, they will kill you. <laughs> so, if you're a normal person, you can't go in. God will keep you at the distance. Hey, know your place, okay? Now, there were um, priests that they were entering the holy place to serve God. And then, in the most holy place, how many people enter in that place? Only one. Only one person. Only one time per year. And that was the high priest, right? So you see the whole people, you are in the courtyard, in the, mo in the holy place, only the priest, and in the most holy place, the high priest. Are you a Jew? If you are not a Jew, you are not welcome in the courtyard. Are you a priest? A Levite priest? Then you know you can't enter. In the holy place. Are you the high, high priest? No. But through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have free entrance. Free entrance in both places. And not just in the courtyard. But even in the, in the presence of God. This is really important. You know sometimes we don't rem remember this. We, we, we don't remember who we are. We are priests. And we are that type of priests that they have free entrance. Why? Because Jesus Christ gave his life and his blood for them. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, actually, yes, we know what is there. Yeah? We, we uh, think of the death. We think of the resurrection. We think of the coming Christ. But this passage actually shows us that we have to think of something else too. What? We are priests. And the, 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 the places, the holy places are opened for us. Now, when you come here, you, we, when we are in a, the, this service, that's why it's called the church service. Because we are in these holy places now, right now, as we speak. Imagine that. We entered here on the base of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not on my uh, performance or your performance. If it's uh, on your performance this week, should you come this place? <laughs> Beware. <laughs> Don't enter. But when you came here and you opened the door, did you thought about these things? No, no. You know why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, these doors should be closed. And somebody from the church should be outside and ask you, what are you doing here? <laughs> well, you know, I came to... What? Who are you? <laughs> But there was nobody there. Oh, hopefully it was some, someone, and I know it was someone said, hey, welcome, please come here. 
But we are too used with this, right? Remember who you are. You have the right to enter these holy places because you are family with God, with Jesus Christ. And we are family because of the blood of Jesus Christ, not because of you, not because of my performance, my holiness, my righteousness. I am nothing. He is everything, and he welcomes us. You see, we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the his flesh through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. You know what? Don't stay in the courtyard. Uh, we have, uh, sometimes we don't remember who we are, and that's why we act like we are not the family of God. And sometimes when we come here, we need this. We need this to remember who we are. Because we forget. We are only humans. And we need this to remember, hey, you are family. And you are family not on your performance, but on Jesus' performance. Covenant. The covenant that we have with the Lord changed everything. Changed everything. Um, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, everything was a copy. But now we are not in the copy. We are in the real thing. Brothers and sisters, we are in the real thing. Everything was changed. The priesthood was changed. The, the law was changed. Um, the tabernacle got changed. Even the house of God got changed. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, who was the house of God? Israel. Who is the house of God right now? We are, we, the church. Everything got changed for us. And that's why when you come to church, you have boldness. You have guts. <laughs> you have courage to come in. And sometimes you didn't think about this, but this is a real privilege. It's a real privilege that we are here together. You know, oh man, you know, I'm too tired today. I'm not going to church. Oh my, you are missing a great privilege, right? Yeah. So in the days of the tabernacle copy on earth, the, the whole uh, uh, of throne, the most holy place, and, and the reception hall, the holy place, they were attended only by priests. And, but not right now, we have, that's why we are able to preach and we are able to pray, and we are able to intercede, because we are priests. And this is not the YMCA place. Everywhere where the church of God comes together, the family of God comes together, that's the tabernacle. And this is the service. Now, if you are a priest, and this is the service. What are you going to do about this? Serve. You are here to serve. This is not a church of spectators. Like, oh yeah, we have an interesting time of uh, 
of worship, and uh, we have somebody, you know, said this and that, and yeah, it was a great service. Okay, they served. What are you doing? We all serve. When you come here, we all serve. Then, in verse 22, interesting, interesting. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. It's not only our physical bodies to be purified, but we need to purify our souls and conscience. Why? And this is the second uh, uh, call to action. Take steps closer to Jesus. Take steps closer to Him. Because we are welcome in the heavenly tabernacle. Um, uh, because we are family under the ministry of, of the high priest Jesus. Let us draw near. Come closer. Take steps. Come closer. Don't stay there. Don't, don't be in the courtyard. Come closer. Now you are in. And, and it's like, you know, I, I like to s- sit here in the back. You know, I, I want to see everybody there. But I don't, I don't want to. No offense those who are sitting on the back. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not picking on you, okay? But, but, but spiritually, spiritually, you know. You know, I lay there. Oh, you know, it's, I, I let them do this. And let them be that. No. No. If you are in the back. What should you do? Take a step. Draw near. Um, I think two weeks ago, I um, listened to um, a TV show in Romania with a guy who is really rich. Really, 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 really rich. And this guy, I, I know, he was swearing. He was... Really bad person. But I think he found Jesus. Not in the Baptist church, not in the Pentecostal church, in the Orthodox church. And I was like, what in the world? And he started, and, and when he, um, well, uh, he, he talked about a lot of things, but he said, you know what? Um, I, I want to be in God's kingdom, not far away, but I want to sit near the throne of God, near Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh my, <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, like uh, five years ago, you were like a really bad person now, but he got changed. And his, his confession was, I, I thought, man, he's, he speaks like a person who met Jesus. But in my mind, that was really messed up. It's, it's not possible. And for the Romanians that are here, it's Gigi Becali. So just... And I was like, you know, you are right. I want that too. <laughs> I don't want to sit back there. I want to take steps. And you know what? Every time when you come to this church service, service, and it, every time when you got to get, get together with a small group, it's another church service. Every church service, you take another step toward Jesus. 
and another step toward Jesus. But you know what happens if you don't come? Yeah, you got it. You take back. It's not neutral. Oh, I'm here, and you know, this is my relationship with the Lord, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm neutral. Now, not forward, not backward. No. When you don't come, actually you take a step back. And you take another step back. And suddenly, after two or three weeks, you, you, you are really in the back. <laughs> and the Lord talks with some people here, there, and you're like, what are they talking about? I have no idea. I can't hear. Well, take a step forward. <laughs> That's the problem. If they are talking there, I don't hear them. And you know what? I don't really care what they are talking about. Is the Lord there? Well, good for them. That happens when we don't come and we don't take step. We don't draw near. Our life, the Christian life, is not that life where you sit and, and, and it's in, in neutral. There is no neutral. And by the way, I know the cars have like five or six gears forward, one backward. In the, the Christian life, it's not like that. No. You have four up, four back. <laughs> so sometimes when you, you think you are in neutral, you are not in neutral. There is no neutral. If you don't go forward, you go backward. And, and the author said, hey, you, if you are in and if you are here, don't sit there in the courtyard. Come closer where the action is. You serve. You, are, you have a role here. Now, what's your direction? It's your direction toward a living God toward or the dead world. You see, because backward is a dead world. God brought us to life and we want to take steps toward Him. But if we are not, if you are not coming to the family, you are going backwards. And you are with the dead, not with the living. And, and, and that's the problem because after a while you start to look like a zombie. And you don't know why. I mean, you know, there are... Probably you've seen movies with zombies like Ooh. <laughs> and and <laughs> we are like them. And and interesting, they are always moving in the same direction, all of them, you know. And you are going with all the zombies of this world. Ooh. And then you think, why I don't understand the Bible? Why I don't feel peace? You know why? Ooh. There is no peace there. If you come closer to God, to Jesus, you look like Jesus. If you go backwards to the dead, you look like the zombies. Now, what's your direction? I have no idea. But I hope, I, re I pray and hope that your direction is forward. Huh? No neutral. No neutral there. Do I ask yourself, do I look like Jesus or like a zombie? Yeah, that's interesting. 
Number three, in verse 23, uh, there is another call to action. Not only you are here, pray God, praise God, go forward. But there is another one. Hold the confession of your hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Remember what is hope? I preach here what is hope, right? Remember the, the anchor? The anchor of our hope? Uh, the anchor, the, uh, the interesting uh, thing with the, the anchor is when you throw the anchor, goes down deep, you can't see it, but you have a rope. <laughs> How do you know the, the anchor is down there? Because you have the rope. And you, if you hold fast on the rope, then your boat is, is safe and balanced and secure, right? So this is the same thing with our life. Actually, this is in, also in Hebrews. I'm not inventing anything. Okay, just go back in Hebrews and you'll see that. Um, our anchor is actually in the heavenly places with Jesus. We can see it. But we have the rope. If you don't hold the rope, then that's why your life is like everything. Like, you know, Ukraine war and COVID. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you, are, uh, you are fired. Or I don't know. Somebody dies in your family. And you think, oh, what, is, what, what should I do? Hold the rope. You cannot see the anchor. It's right there in the heavenly places. You cannot see. The only thing that you can see is the confession. So you are here also to confess your hope, not your problems. I will say it again. We are very influenced by this community outside the dead people to complain and you know what I'm saying right if we would be somewhere else not in Vienna it's not so bad but we know that the Viennese are known in Austria because they all always complain is it or not <laughs> David's like, oh my God. Well, this is what I was informed. If I'm informed, you know, forgive me, I'm, I'm a foreigner. <laughs> but we are influenced by others to complain. It's too hot. It's too cold. Uh, we have too many things. We, we don't have things, you know, things like that. We are influenced by the society. But our role here is to influence the society, not to be influenced. We, are, we should confess our hope, not our problems. I know it's hard. I have problems too. You know, I don't glow in the dark. And I don't levitate when I go home. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. But this is the only thing that makes the whole difference. You hold to the confession of that hope. And who is our blessed hope? 
Jesus Christ. The anchor of hope is right there. I cannot see him. But the only thing that I can see and I can do is the confession of my hope. I don't know what is going on with my life. I don't know the future. But one thing is sure. Jesus is with me. Amen. Amen. So, call to action for our church. Hold the rope. The anchor is right there where it should be. Um, God, and, and by the way, uh, uh, the author said, hey, uh, God who promised is faithful. Uh, God promised to Abraham, I will give you a country. And I will give you a nation. <laughs> What Abraham saw. What did he receive? A little place where he uh, buried his wife. That's it. He lived his faith. He lived his life based on a promise. You are like Abraham. God promised you something. The only thing that he gave us is the Holy, the Holy Spirit, right? But he said, I will give you all. Take this, but I will give you all. I, I, I don't see angels. I don't see the throne of God. I don't see. But you know what? I'm okay. That's my part. To believe and to hold the confession of my. Why? Because who promised is faithful. Is loyal. Praise the Lord. And, and the fourth thing that I see here in the text is that um, God's family is called to do something else. Another call to action. To provoke believers to love. Now, <laughs> uh, this is interesting. I'm not going in, in the whole thing, but it says this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, the word stir up here means to irritate, to prick, to nag. Um, to provoke. Uh, there is no place for individualism in the family of God. The family of God is the end of selfishness and the individualism. And by the way, that goes against the culture of Austria and not only. We need to learn from God how to live in this world and how to influence the society around us. If you are here, If you are present, if you attend the service every time, this is your call to action. Call those who are not here. And tell them where you have been. I was at church and you were not there. Where you have been, I was there. I was waiting for you to love me. <laughs> you understand? This is what the text says. I'm not inventing anything. <laughs> read it again. If, if you don't believe me, read it again. Stir up one another to love, right? Not neglecting to meet together is, is the habit of some. So if the, this is the habit of some, that they are not coming here, 
Called them Monday. Hey, where you have been? Nobody loved me. Because you were not there. <laughs> and by the way, if somebody will call you. <laughs> because, you were, <laughs> because you were absent. And they will say, hey, nobody loved me this Sunday. Where you have been? Don't get mad. It's how they understand to provoke your love. You know, um, um, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm from Bucharest. I lived in, a, uh, in an apartment. This is the first time when I have a house. And uh, right now we learn how to prune uh, trees and everything. My wife is better than me. She did just tell me, cut here, cut here. Cut. And I'm, I'm the one. I'm like, yes, ma'am. So, and she always tells me this. When you cut, you provoke, to, you provoke the, the tree to bring fruits. Do you know that? That's interesting. The, the tree will not bring fruits if you don't provoke it. This is the same with the church. If it's too Latin, you know, the dreaming and, and sleeping, God will provoke the church to bring more fruit. And now you understand why the Father prunes the... Exactly right. John 15. The vine and the branches, actually. Us. He prunes us what? To provoke, to bring more fruit. So... You actually, if you don't call them, it's your fault. Well, welcome to church. <laughs> now, now it's your fault. <laughs> Because you, you haven't called them and say, hey, I love you, man. But you know what? There was nobody there to love me back. Because you were not there. Provoke good works and love. Imagine a church where we really love others by calling them, saying, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? There's nobody to love me back. Are you among those who neglect to meet together? And this is your habit because I'm going to call you every Monday morning. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, We are called to, um, to do something. The family of God, the house of God, is called to, to act. And the call to action are these, to remember. And the question is, do you remember what Jesus did for you and who you are? To take steps, new steps toward Jesus. How many steps did you regress because you haven't grown lately in your faith? That's an, a good one. To hold to the confession of our hope. Since when did you did not inform your heart about the hope that you have? Did you confess to your heart that your conscience needs to be cleansed again? Talk to yourself. Hey, Christy, what are you doing? Is your conscience clear or not? Do you need to be cleansed or not? Talk to yourself. To provoke believers to love. And sometimes to irritate them. It's a good thing. It's biblical, by the way. My dear church, the day is drawing near. The day is drawing near. 
We don't have time to fool around. We don't have time to play church. The time that, remain, that, that remains until that day is to take step toward Jesus, is to remember who you are, is to confess the hope that we have and to encourage one another and to meet together and to love our brothers and sisters and do good deeds or works to everybody. If we are the household of God, let's answer to this call to action. What you going to do?